0: Matthew, is such a blessing. We're really beginning to track together in the spirit, Uh, Matthew and myself and another brother, uh, Robert Wolf, three nice Jewish boys. We have a uh, One New Man intersection prayer call, which is a national prayer call, to really gather the people that are beginning to move into the One New Man and begin to invite them into a prayer focus, but also to have them share, lift up their arms, and begin to broaden this prayer influence for the one new man to come into the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, you know what? Let's just pray. Let's, let's invite Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to share... Uh, I'm not so much going to share on, uh, on the reconnection, which is my main ministry focus today. I'll talk a little bit about that. But um, I'm going to share specifically some things that I think are very relevant to us in how Holy Spirit and how the Lord is beginning to move us into this new time, this new era, and how important it is for us to recognize the plans and strategies of the father to begin to tune in to those plans and strategies, not just to implement, but also to outsmart the evil one. So Father, uh, we come before you. Lord, this is, uh, you know what I love about 10 days is every time we gather, there are just so many different brothers and sisters that you have downloaded a a specific piece of the puzzle. Um, And as we gather and we begin to share with one another, we see all the things that you're doing. And um, we just pray, Father, that you would begin to broaden our mindset to, to begin to put the pieces together that we can... See the whole picture, because it's so important for us, Lord, to be where you are, and how can we be where you are if we don't know what you're doing? And so, Lord, help us to understand more about your plans and your strategies, Um, at least the little that you've shown me and others in this room, that you would bring us together and that we would be in one accord and I ask for your anointing, and I ask for your presence now to speak forth this word, Father, in Yeshua's name. Can I, Hallie, can I get a glass of water, bottle of water? Thanks. Hallelujah. So, um, thanks, Don. No. Jonathan loves it when I do my voice service. This is really true. <laughs> That's One of my favorite parts. <laughs> so... You, I, I'm going to do this voiceover, and then I all want you to repeat after me.: There's a new wine skin coming into town. Can you say that? Like that? However you want, there's a new wine skin coming into town. You know, we're a part of that new wineskin. skin. In fact, since I've been tracking with 10 days um, we're, we're, as I just prayed, we're all, be, uh, we're, the Lord's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And there is a remnant that the Lord is calling to Himself. And I think it's really under, important and significant for us to understand this remnant focus. Because a lot of what we're getting and a lot of what we're sharing and what a lot of he's downloading to us and why it's so important we have meetings like this is because we can strengthen one another because when we go back out there, it's not like they're not seeing necessarily what we see. They're not tasting what we're tasting. They're not necessarily feeling because God is revealing his heart to those that are not only seeking him, but to those who are willing to lay down their lives and picking up their crosses. And each of us in this room, while we carry these different burdens and these different pieces, there's a cross, there's a price to pay. And it's that price, as much as we sometimes try to fight it, it's that price in us that brings about this suffering And there's just something irreplaceable about suffering that brings on the character of Messiah. I mean, just think of yesterday. Yesterday, I'd like to look at it as like, whoa, God, the Lord went deep. He cut so deep into us. I want to call it and remember it as a deep day. But part of the plan that I think we've got to recognize is understanding that this message is coming to the remnant first, okay? And as we begin to recognize that it's coming to the remnant first, we need to walk through the doors that the Lord is opening and not worry about the ones that are closed. And the Lord spoke that word to me I was sharing it with David this morning. When I started this ministry focus, he said, go through the doors I open. Don't worry about the ones that are closed. And there's something about this remnant that is significant to us and uh, an and understanding that Holy Spirit is wanting to raise up a remnant because the rest of the body is not hearing right yet. And there's a plan and a strategy here to raise up the remnant. That the remnant would shine the glory of John 17. That the remnant would overflow with the power and the love and the glory of the Holy Spirit. That it would not only begin to affect the rest of the body and infiltrate the rest of the body... But we would also contend for the rest of the body. And that's something I... I these are the two... There are three main points that I want to focus on this morning, on this afternoon. The first is I want to, to bring out... No, I wouldn't say it's a new, but I would say it's a renewed focus on watchman-type intercession. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. The second is, once we understand that, how do we implement this new character? How do we put into practice what we're learning so that we can apply it and it can begin to affect others and begin to infiltrate the body? The third is kind of wrapped up in everything I'm going to share. The Lord is transforming us. Judgment begins in the house. I've learned that judgment from the Lord is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. He's knocking on our door and he's saying, Grant, will you go deeper with me? Will Will you go where I want to lead you? Will you pay that price? Will you lay down your life? And, and we're at the stage, most of us are at the stage, like Peter, we would say, where else can we go? But we're at that stage, and yet the more we recognize, and I think you'll all say amen to this, the more we recognize this, 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 Uh, holiness this presence of the Lord the more we we see the filthy rags of the flesh and it can be discouraging you know because you know we we you know sometimes we like to you know think that we're doing pretty good but the the closer we get to him in this place it's the flesh just smells and we start to feel it and of course we have to deal with that so we break off the condemnation and we break off the discouragement so that it no longer affects us. But it's it, how can I say it? When you look at John 17, okay, the Lord said that we, the world, would re- the, the, through the love and the unity, they would recognize Yeshua, right? They would see him. Well, how's that going to happen? Are they literally going to see him? Yes, at a certain point, he's coming back. at an appointed time, he's coming back. But I submit to you that in this process, they are going to see Messiah, Christ, through us. And it's this love in us, this overflowing love in us, that will expose religion, that it will expose the world. Yeshua said, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And, and we are living and, and, and wanting to present a kingdom that can bust out of this current current frame of thinking that the enemy has set up in the world. that that wants to make believers and followers of, of Yeshua so peculiar and so weakened and so shut down. I think the Lord is doing a special thing in us. And the more we recognize it, the more we can embrace it, and the more he can begin to pour his presence into us because it is his presence And it is that overflowing and that love and that victory and that joy that is going to present Yeshua on the earth. Jesus on the earth. That that is the heart of what I believe Yeshua was praying in John 17. And I've only really started to recognize that very recently. A little bit about the book. And by the way. Anyone that doesn't have a copy, we still have a few here. Most of you already have it. Um, If you want a copy of the book um, and we're out, just give us your card and we'll put one in the mail to you. But most of you have read the book. You most probably think this book is about, just about the reconnection in the one you met. It's not. This book is about the restoration and the preparation of the bride for the Lord to return. That's why it's been written. It's a comprehensive study guide that deals with all of the issues to help us move into this time. My hope and prayer is that within seven to ten years, this book will be obsolete. Why? Because we'll be moving into it. We'll be applying the principles And the revelation that is in this book will be putting it into practice. In fact, what this reconnection is really about is it starts with a restoration in us, between us and the Father, between Jews and Gentiles in the family of God. And it helps the church to restore to the fullness of her identity she does that by reconnecting. Once she reconnects in the spirit, she realigns into the principles and plans of God. Then there's synergy between Jew and Gentile, co-heirs together, right? As it says in Ephesians. Then there is action, physical cooperation, and Transformation. That's what the, this whole reconnection alignment thing is about. It is, a, it is the reason why Hallie and I wear reconnection keys around our neck is because this is the Israel piece. It's got a high on the end of it, which means life. It's the key that the children from the nations need to put in the door to unlock the unquenchable power. This this restoration is where the revival and outpouring of the Spirit is coming. And yet the church is still looking in the wrong places. because, Because the revival, the final outpouring, cannot come until the Father restores His family to Himself. It's a power equation for the end time awakening. And God wants this reconnection and and alignment circumcised into our hearts. And so if you want to read more about that, please see me or Hallie about the book afterwards. But today, I want to focus more on what's in one of the chapters, in chapter 10, um, which is the strategy to begin to bring this plan forth in the family of God. And it doesn't just include Jew and Gentile coming together as one human. That is foundational, this breach in John 17. It's it, it's found foundational to the fixing of the restoration. But it it it's not the it, it doesn't end there. It it brings it takes away the right from the enemy to bring division to other places. Once we begin to heal this breach, then we can begin to go after the other places in the spirit that need healing. And God must have unity in the family to send his glory. It's not that complicated. But what's complicated is us and our humanity that stands in the way of that. So I want to focus, if you, if you have the Bibles or phones... Turn with me to Isaiah 62, 6, and 7. And I want to focus on what I consider or what I believe the Lord has shown me to be one, a most significant focus for intercession in the family of God in order for the kingdom to come during these days. So most of you are familiar with this text. Let's read it. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. That is not the church. This is Jerusalem. God is, in this day, he is establishing a pathway for us to not only to return to Jerusalem, but to refocus on her, so the Father's plans can come forth. Remember, through Israel's awakening, Isaiah 36, the Lord is shown holy to the world. So this is not the church. It is the city of Jerusalem. It's the city of the king that our Lord and Savior is coming back to reign from, of which we are co-heirs, priests, to represent a, uh, a Israeli monarch on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. They will never be silent day or night. In English we say full stop. In America you say period. One of the versions has a semicolon there. But I think it's significant for a period here. And I'll tell you why. Because the next Verse. So the next part of verse 6 is you who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem. There she is again and makes her the praise of all the earth. The, the two things that I want to point out here that I think are significant in the new wineskin is that there are two prayer focuses. There are two strategic intercessory worship focuses for the body of Messiah in the new wineskin. You who call on the Lord, to me, that's all of us, okay? I have posted watchmen on the walls. I don't think that's all of us. Is everyone an evangelist? Is everyone called to share the gospel? Yes, okay? Are we all called to pray? Yes. Are we all watchmen? No. So I think it's really important for us to recognize that that there are two focuses for prayer and intercession. Because in the last 20 years, as the Lord has began to establish his end time plan, he has reemerged David's tent. You, of course, you have the IHOP ministry, and you have 24-7 ministry in many other countries of the world, and, and some of them are way ahead of where we are in America, to be honest. Um, and uh, through, to, through IHOP and through this ministry came this beautiful prayer focus and a very strategic worship and intercessory focus called harp and bowl. Now... There is a very significant purpose to 24-7 harp-and-bowl-type ministry. It tends to be more worship-focused. Does it enter into intercessory places? Yes, it does at times, but not at all the time. God's calling worship to be lifted up to the throne room. Worship clears the skies. It affects the skies, the spiritual skies. It opens the skies. But I want to submit to you, doesn't it say in the scripture that the Lord will not return until everything's under his feet? There are significant strongholds that need to be broken. Now, Can we go after strongholds? Yes, to a certain extent. In our own lives, with the things that affect us in our own lives, yes. With the ministry call that you may have been given and an element of authority, yes. Can you go and name and claim certain demonic principalities and start calling them down? No. We're no match for the devil in of ourselves. And in 2015, if you read the preface of my book, the reason why I wrote this book is um, the Lord spoke to me a, a, um, a, a very key word, simple word, funny word, that changed my life. And in 2015, January of 2015, uh, I was in worship one day at church, and um, I was particularly discouraged because I had lost two of my very close leaders that were with me since I started this ministry focus, or the Lord started it in 2004. And I was upset, and their hats got hung on, um, on certain uh, Gentile eschatology that prevented them from tracking with where The Lord was trying to lead us and we had committed as a group to try and find that place, but they kind of got stuck. And I was discouraged. I wouldn't say I was angry, I was discouraged. And I'm in worship, I'm a mature believer, so I can still be discouraged and be in the Spirit at the same time, right? So I'm worshiping the Lord, and suddenly I hear the Holy Spirit laughing. And He's having a great time laughing, and I'm like, Lord! Why are you laughing? I'm upset. Grant, He didn't say grant. He said Grant. <laughs> These things are strongholds. You can't break them, but I can. And immediately, I knew what the Lord was saying to me. It was a life changer for me. Immediately, the discouragement was gone. And... Since that time, and Hallie will tell you, I have never lost hope. I have never taken my eyes off the mark. I know where I'm going. I know what God is going to be doing despite the battles and the obstacles and the things that come at me. I I see what God's going to do. I see the end, I see this plan, I see this remnant that he's taking and shaping to himself and filling with his joy and his peace and his victory. And he's going to fill us in such a way that we're going to overflow to the rest and begin to infiltrate the church because God will have his way with his body. His sheep know his voice, right? And I'm not, just, I'm not saying that that means everyone in the church, but it means everyone in the church that, that is called by his name. And so I had this understanding because in the 90s, uh, the Lord led me. Uh, I was running the uh, Jewish ministry at Times Square Church under the Wilkerson brothers. And the Lord led us. We were heavily into intercession at that point, And the Lord led us to the former Soviet Union. Um, to take missions uh, into the former Soviet Union and present the Passover on stage and preach the, uh, the Passover, preach the gospel through the Passover message. Uh, this, was a, this was a sovereign time of the Lord. If you ask me, it was it was Jeremiah sixteen fourteen and sixteen. It was the it was the Jews coming out of the north. No longer will they say. Um, with the Jews coming out of the land of Egypt, but the ones that will come out of the land of the north, if you look at that scripture, we saw thousands, thousands and thousands of Jewish souls saved, whole audiences, two and 3,000 seat audi- audi- aud- uh, theaters filled with 90% Jewish audience standing up to receive the Lord. And it changed my life, but... The Lord led us into this most intense intercession in somebody's apartment in New York City, one of my old dear friends, for five years from 6.30 in the morning to 8.30 every Wednesday morning and hardly a word of English was spoken. And we were literally taken up into the heavenly places and we were doing spiritual warfare led by the Holy Spirit. And so I knew what that I had already experienced that type of intense warfare where I was not naming and claiming strongholds, but we were being led up and under, therefore under the shadow and shelter of the Lord's wings, and we were literally chasing demons, and they were on the run. So much so that when we went to the former Soviet Union, when we went to Russia and Belarus, It was like picking apples off the tree. And you can only imagine with our five loaves and two fishes in a foreign country trying to organize all of this. And it was an amazing occurrence. But it happened through this intercession. And so what God was saying to me at that time I knew was I had to take I had already come out with my second book speaking at conferences and large churches and making progress. And I knew I had to take three steps back because the ministry was not focused enough on intercession. The type of intercession the Holy Spirit is looking to bring forth out of 24-7. You see, he's raised up this, if you like, he's raised up this, this, this prayer movement And the prayer movement is focused on 24-7 prayer, right? You who call on the Lord. Everyone can flow with 24-7. I wish we had many more people from the churches supporting it, but that's coming. I really believe that. And it's going to take some strategic intercession to break down those walls so it gets released. But the point is, is that Holy Spirit needs the strongholds dealt with. And they cannot be dealt with fully in a 24-7 focus. Harp and bowl has its focus, and it is significant. And now, though, we have all these prayer ministries and all these prayer people, and we're in a prayer house right now. Hallelujah. And out of 24-7... We need to recognize the prophetic intercessors. They support, actually, the prophetic intercessors are the ones to support the fivefold. So that the fivefold is properly supported. We need to recognize these humble servants, and most of the time they don't want recognition. They're very happy, you know, sitting in the back room. Most of them have been through terrible struggles in their own lives. They've been through major deliverances and they're close to the heart of the Father. That's why most of them have the Israel peace already because they're close to his heart. And so they have that revelation and connection. But Holy Spirit is looking for a strategic intercessory focus that needs to come forth now out of the 24-7 movement. This is the type of intercession where prophetic intercessors gather. And the, the idea, as we're trying to seek it, we're, we're into our fourth year of what we now call pure intercession. And a good amount of the revelation for Romans 9:11 came out of some of those prophetic prayer sets, where the heart, the prophetic utterance from the Spirit, gave forth the direction of some of the revelation in the book. But God can deal with the strongholds, but he needs the right type of environment. And it is an additional environment, to 24 7 where, for example, the idea, simply put, is who's read uh, Reese Howes' book, The Intercessor, right? Okay, if you haven't read that book, you need to read it. it, it if you have a watchman called, you, you must read that book. Second part of the book, Rhys Howe uh, is led into intercessory focus that not only changes the Battle of Britain, uh, but also had an effect on, on Israel being reestablished. God doesn't need thousands, we know from Gideon. He, he doesn't need many. He needs a remnant. And um, the Lord needs to raise up an army of intercessory cells where we have our feet planted so that we can begin to take the land back for him. And so how do we do that? Well, I don't have all the answers. I'm learning as I go along. All I can tell you is that we're trying to create an environment where Holy Spirit has complete control of the meeting. This is not like a regular prayer meeting. There's a place for regular prayer meeting. There's a place for prayer calls. There's a place for all different types of prayer. But this type of strategic intercession is a commitment. There's a discipline in it. And every intercessory group will be different because of the gifts that are represented, the, uh, the gifts of the body of Messiah, in each room. And every group will be different because the strongholds in each area are different. So the Lord is looking to create a new watchman type of focus where he can take, put the strongholds under his feet but he needs us to come into agreement. There must be agreement from the earth to heaven and heaven to the earth in order for this type of focus to come forth. And we are beginning to... uh, This is a a major part of chapter 10 where we talk about the strategy. And of course, the 24-7 is a part of the strategy But then again, you have this intercessory watchman focus that needs to be learned and training to be able to enter into this place to create these intercessory cells so that when we go to warfare, we're being led into it. When we're led into the warfare, we are under the shadow and shelter of his wings. We are protected And so when he takes us up, we're not going in our own strength. We are under his authority, and he knows how to deal with the evil one. But the land, the earth, needs to be taken. And the strongholds, and this is where the fivefold comes in strategically for prophetic intercession and for harp and bowl, because without the fivefold and the apostolic and the prophetic, the, the community is not, the body of believers are not being properly released into the local areas so that the ministry, so that the prophetic intercession can come forth and the land can be taken and the Lord can put the strongholds under our feet. We have to take back the world. The world belongs to the Lord. We have to take it back. We have to influence it in such a way that the skies get cleared. No one knows better how to scare, clear those skies than the Lord himself. But he needs these cells and this watchman focus now to come forth. And I'm beginning to connect with leaders around the body of Messiah and, and really begin to share this message because I'm t- I know it's, it's God. This, we, the, the, the stronghold have to be dealt with. Some of you are can, you know, I was talking to, to Tim about uh, the, the apostolic center that he has. We have a situation with Norfield um, in Massachusetts. These things can be taken and need to be taken in the spirit first. The obstacles need to be dealt with through the Holy Spirit, but yet with our agreement. So we have to learn how to flow with Him so that, so that He can lead us to put the enemy under His feet. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, let's go on. Hallelujah. There is a wonderful picture. Turn with me in your Bibles to Nehemiah. And um, I've really been kind of pregnant with this since the beginning of the year, and it just keeps getting better. But Because um, I think there's a, there's a real picture here um, through, um, through the strategy that, was, that Nehemiah moved in that enabled the walls to be built. And let's, for a moment, think. When we look at the walls, when we look of rebuilding the walls, can we for a moment think of the unity in the family? And could we perhaps consider that the unity in the the church is nowhere where it needs to be? In fact, if you ask me, I think that the unity in the church as a whole is weakened. And we see a picture of this with Nehemiah. He gets up, he walks around, and the first thing he does is he examines. He looks at the problem. He, he takes strategically, what's going on? What do I need to do to get this job done? But in order to, to think about that, he goes around and sees the state that the walls and the city are in so he can begin to put a plan together to change it. He's interesting. I don't have revelation on this yet, but he stayed there three days before he did anything. Maybe he was praying. I'm not sure. Doesn't say. But he examines the walls. And this is what he then says to the people once he's, he's done uh, a good amount of his research. You see the trouble that we're in? Jerusalem relies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. Can we be honest with ourselves and take a good, honest look? at the state of the church, at the, and look at those walls as if it's the unity in the family. And are they built up? Or are they torn down? And interestingly enough, Nehemiah uses the word disgrace. We will no longer be in disgrace. So I looked up disgrace. And the definition of disgrace is the loss of respect, honor, or esteem. Can we say that that's pretty much where the church is in America, that it's lost respect? It's lost its honor. It's lost its esteem. Are the walls broken? Are the gates burned with fire? We need to be honest. We've got to take a serious look at where we're at so we know what needs to be fixed. How can we fix something unless we see what's wrong with it in the first place? And this is what Nehemiah does, okay? And then he starts to build. As soon as he starts to build, who comes against him, obviously, okay? We can spiritualize this, and we know when we start to do something from the Lord, in comes the enemy, okay? Okay? Let's go on to to chapter 4, and the closer he gets, the more the attacks increase and intensify. And the first thing he does is put on a guard, but that's not enough. Um, In verse 14, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters and your wives and your homes. Of course, we've got to fight. We have to fight for this. The enemy has taken, taken our territory. Are we going to let him stand? Or are we going to begin to fight back for what belongs to the kingdom? From that day on, so when when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. And from that day on, half of the men, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. Now, I'm going to submit to you, that I'm going to tie this back into Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. Half of the body did the work, and the other half were called to fight. Again, that's you could look at the watchman. You can see the watchman focus in those words. And those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. What was it? A trowel they used, right? They used a trowel to rebuild the stones on the walls. Okay. And... They had a, a, a weapon in the other. This is a picture of two hands that need to be held up in this fight, okay? And I want to submit to you that those two hands are the hands of love, John 17, love, which is unconditional and a fighting spirit, a contending spirit for what we see needs to be dealt with, fought, overcome, and taken back. And so you have a picture here, okay? You have a picture here of of the two hands. And if you go to verse Nehemiah 5 5 and 19, sorry, 5 and 9. What does Nehemiah pray? But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. And we know, if you read the story, and I really encourage you to reread it in light of this rebuild, in light of this refocus, in light of taking back the unity in the family of God. As he comes to the end of it, he's praying that the hands will be strengthened. We need, I'm convinced, you know, we don't have Papa Gaylord with us this year to to recommunicate that infusion of, of, of uh, the Lord's commandment and John 17 love. But the Lord has, I, I tell you, I see hearts... Every day. The Lord, I see them on the path when I'm prayer walking. I see them in water. I see them in light. I have pictures. I have hundreds and hundreds of pictures. The Lord says, love my church. Love my church. We cannot allow theology to prevent the love of God. We have broken the greatest commandment in the protestant and catholic church to love one another the lord loves us conditionally and he's calling and even let's be honest when that the way he loves us even when we sin he's totally consistent he does not change he's calling us to this new place and i'm i'm you know we've heard over the last 10, 20 years, many teachings about the gift of faith, that it's different to faith, right? You have faith, and then you have the gift of faith. We've never really quite heard of that yet in, with a focus on love. But in a moment, I'm going to play, I'm gonna play uh, um, an audio um, of a, a vision that the Lord showed us in February. It was a video vision. And the reason why I want to play the, vo- the video is because I won't remember all of the details that I recorded in the audio, but I want you to listen to, to, the, to the audio of the video vision because as we began to move into this new place of intercession, we had actually encountered in, our, in one of our pure intercession groups uh, a not, a, a specifically, one of our sisters came under crazy, serious attack. A mature woman of God, and 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 we knew it wasn't, you know, it was abnormal, and the enemy was trying to pick her off. But the Lord kind of shut us down for a while, uh, and I had this sense that we weren't advancing because we weren't protecting each other and huddling together. And supporting one another the way that he needed us to in order to take us to the next level. So, Dave, can you just play that audio? Amen. Recall Warriors, February 5th, 2019. After we took communion, worshiped, and entered in, the Lord began to impart to me somewhat of a unique vision. It was almost like a video vision because it was released to me in parts. And the first image I saw quite clearly in my spirit, uh, like a Bedouin tent, except the top materials of the tent, like the ceiling, um, uh, even though on the outer parts of the room they had like that curve they usually have, the middle was like almost like a steeple of, to a very high point um, and after um, of course I found it a little strange in the beginning but after checking with the Lord I released it into the group and after I released it into the group I immediately saw those of us who in their group there are 11 of us last night uh, not as people but as spirits and flames in the tent sitting around the tent and after I released that uh, some in the group had scriptures and began to, to catch a vision for it and, and pray into it. Um, and then um, I saw a very large flame in the middle of the tent. Um, uh, I felt like the large flame was like the Son of Man, one like the Son of Man, although there was no image of the Lord in the flame. It was just a very large flame. And after I released that, and again, there were more scriptures and more uh, contributions from those in the group, um, I began to see a very large flame in the middle of the tent. This was, um, And then began to see those of us um, are, that were sitting in the tent, those other flames, uh, sucked up into the flame this to me was representative of of, of you and me and and uh, uh, me and him the the connection of the the father and the son and us in John 17 unity um, and then I released that to the group uh, and again there were more scriptures Um. um and sharing into that. And then um, I saw something in the beginning was rather peculiar to me, um, and I was a little reluctant to share it. I wasn't sure if I was seeing correctly, so I kept on going back and deferring to the spirit, but he kept on bringing it, like flashing it before me on and off. I saw uh, the, the tent turn into a balloon and the fire that we were now in with the Lord became the, the fire of the balloon. And the balloon began to form and take off into the skies. Um, the way I see these things is not necessarily a full clear image like a picture, but I have impressions enough of them to get a sense of what I'm seeing. As the vision, the video vision continued, we were now, uh, those of us of flames and spirits were now in the basket and we were moving with the balloon. Susan commented on how once a balloon takes off, it's the wind that moves it along. And I sensed we were embarking on a new journey. Um, and the vision continued. And in the bottom of the basket formed this incredible liquid. There's nothing like it on the earth. It was obviously a heavenly type liquid. Um, um, I used like liquid gold to try and get close to it, but it wasn't like a metal or like a mercury. It was just like a heavenly liquid and it was full of love and joy, and peace. And um, after, again, I shared that, we then began to throw out this liquid from the basket so that it began to drop down to the earth. But the more we threw out, the more it kept filling up. It reminded me of the oil um, that never um, ran out uh, with, through Elijah and the widow, um, it just it kept on, and I was thinking Mary Poppins' uh, handbag, where she just kept on pulling things from from the bag in in that in that movie. Uh, but th- this this heavenly uh, oil, um, uh, some in the group referred to it as liquid love. Um, and interesting enough, the scripture this night that the Lord had given us was from Isaiah 57, 14. Hallie and I were in a Bible study on, on Monday, our usual study on Mondays. Um, and we, we just happened to, to, to run into this scripture in Isaiah 57 as we were studying Isaiah, build up, build up, prepare the road. And the second part of it is remove the obstacles out of the way for my people and I've been getting this sense of um at, especially since the beginning of the year of Nehemiah and rebuilding the walls and the and and being honest and open as to the to the lack of unity in the church. The walls really are broken down, and the gates are burned, kind of similar to where where Nehemiah was, and he had to get a real look good look at the picture in order to be able to begin to, to build it up. And he built it up with two hands, one with the instrument to build the wall and the other was with a sword to keep fighting. And you can see those two images in this scripture. Build up, build up, prepare the road is full of the love of the Lord, this liquid love, this this John 17 love in in the family that causes us to rise above the flesh um, and overflow with his love in the natural, to win people into the new wineskin, to win new people to faith. But remove the obstacles is like the sword in our hand in the spirit and how we pray and contend with the Holy Spirit for the obstacles and the differences. And here we were, on this new journey, and it's interesting, I then began to see an image of one of us putting, um, uh, well, I think, you know, it almost felt like it was me. I was putting my arm around one of the other brothers or sisters, and then we all started to put our arms around each other. And just in the last couple of the months, the Lord has cautioned us before moving on that we needed to be more protective, nurturing um, of one another in the group, and really protect and, and cover each other as a family, because I think we're coming into a new place, and the Lord is wanting to add this additional dimension of discernment and um, trying to keep the enemy out, um, be more protective. We're actually starting an additional meeting just to focus on this, And I almost sensed that as we captured this discernment from the Lord to move in this light, the Lord began to, this began to be a ticket for us to move on. And that last night we embarked upon this journey. Well, there was still more. Because now I saw this very big weight fill up, almost replacing us in the basket. And that balloon began to, Descend down to the earth quite quickly and as it landed it just had this impact where this cloud of dust all around it was scattered and it was like melting all of the obstacles all of the resistance anything in its way it was just destroying Um, this I think is a picture of the divine love and the glory that is to come upon us that will Break the obstacles will cause the obstacles to be broken and to be put under the lord 's feet at least that 's the way I see it now but it, uh, and then and then the the final image was that the balloon began to take off again um, um, and begin to do this and other pieces of land and Again, I felt like the land was strategic because God is looking for intercessors to take back the land and where we have our feet, uh, you know, prayer calls are wonderful and there's a strong place for them in the body, but there is also a place for the watchman to take back the land where we have our feet. And so the Lord is looking to raise up many, many, many groups to move with him in this manner. sole purpose and focus for Recon Warriors, for pure intercession, is that we would create an environment, a prayer environment, where Holy Spirit has maximum influence and control because what started and initiated this whole movement for us in, in pure intercession was the Lord telling me that I could not deal with the strongholds, but He could. And so we want to create an environment for Holy Spirit where he can come and we can come into agreement with him to deal with the strongholds. And obviously, uh, I think these two elements, these two hands that Nehemiah had in rebuilding the wall are key. The first is that we must love unconditionally and move into this this. this this liquid, oh Lord, we were asking the Lord to fill us up. We were even uh, spiritually drinking it in to take to this liquid to, for it to, to consume us and cause us to overcome the flesh and the issues of our humanity that all of us struggle with almost on a daily basis. And at the same time, to have the sword. In, in the spirit and to contend with those obstacles and resistances that are so clearly and evidently over the family, strings that the enemy is pulling upon to keep us divided and apart. But I think the, 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 the key to this picture is not necessarily to focus on the unity. While a unit is important, it is the love, it's this liquid love. It's the glory that the Father is wanting to pour out upon us that is going to cause the the strongholds to become under the feet of the Lord. That's the way I'm seeing it right now. Anyway, I believe there's more to come and we're just starting to seek the Lord. But to conclude here, we embarked uh, on a new journey. We've been in Recon Warriors Pure Intercession now for three and a half years. But last night we started a new journey. We were up in the clouds and the wind was blowing us and that's indicative to me of, a, of, of direction from the Lord that he's about to take us on a new journey and uh, we're very excitingly beginning to enter into it. Holy Spirit, Lord, Father, God, please uh, give us more insight, shed more light onto um, this, this, this uh, video vision that you've given to us um, we ask for your grace and your revelation and your understanding and your protection from the evil one. We plead the blood of Yeshua over this vision. We ask for a sealing over it and protection and grace to all those that it's been given to spouses, children, homes, possessions. We plead the blood of Yeshua over all aspects of of um, of of our humanity and our our prayer life and all that we do for you. We ask for your blessing. Hashem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Thank you. Who wants those hands? Who wants those hands? Hallelujah. 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 Can we have some music, David? Recording's good. Father, we we are asking. We're asking you to baptize us anew. With this supernatural liquid love. Uh, you're calling us higher to overcome. And you're calling us to stand in the gap with a sword to fight for our family. We're in a fight for our family. You're raising up a remnant and shining forth your glory in us. And we're saying, here I am, we're saying start with me and baptize us, Lord, with this love that is indicative of John 17, this love that you share with the Father Lord, would you release it back to us and in greater measure because you said that we would do greater things and we haven't seen that yet. But you're calling us to higher ground. You're calling us to, your love never fails. And Lord, you're calling us to love those in the church that still don't see in all aspects of the church, from the liberal church to all the different denominations and all the different eschatological beliefs that divide us and separate us. Lord, would you baptize us with a love, with a love, with your heart. May we be to them as you are to us. May we, Lord, love them. And when we hear, may we go back into our rooms and back into our groups and fight that these lies would be torn down that the divisions would be torn down lord help us to see the wall as it is help us to see the unity in the family where it really is and call us into the fray but lord like nehemiah father Let us be honest and understand where we're at and give us the plan because you have a plan and you will succeed in it and you're calling us into it with the hands of love and with the hands of contention. Would you give us, would you baptize us afresh with your love? Would you impart your heart to us? Lord, for one another, and for those in the highways and the byways. If you want that love, just call out. That's the sense. I'm sensing that we need to be earnest, that that, that we need to be sincere. And the Lord is, is wanting us to hunger and thirst you know, revival comes when we get hungry for it. Can we see this love as a, a special release from the heavens and, and begin to call it down in a way that it will be poured out to us so that as we were in the balloon, just pouring it out, pouring it out, just, just it was unstoppable. It was unquenchable. It was that river of love. Would you flow that love through our hearts and yet give us the wisdom and discernment to deal with what needs to be dealt with, that the walls can be rebuilt in your family. Give us your heart, Father, and give us your plans. Let us know what it means to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, to begin to deal with the idols that are over the Jewish people, to begin to deal with the obstacles that are hindering your family from coming in to unity and love for one another, racial reconciliation, theological and eschatological divisions. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us for sinning against you, for breaking this greatest of your commandments, to love one another. By that love, they would know that we are your disciples. Would you give us a hunger for these things and release the strategy to us? that can help you to get this job done that you can return that your family can be restored that the walls would be rebuilt <laughs> family, to be gathered to himself, Jew and Gentile, black and white, Spanish, Asian, all the nations, that your love would tear down these walls, but we need, we need more, Lord, we need more, we need more, we need more. more. Put that hunger in us to call out for more because we need it, Lord. We can't do this without you. We need you in everything. Help us to agree with what you want to do. Help us to agree with your plans upon the earth. invite my brother, Stephen Buck, to come up here. Um, you're going to be amazed as to the calling and ministry focus that this brother has. It's an end time focus. It's an end time piece. But we're coming into these times. And some of us are carrying different pieces that are being unveiled. And timing is so strategic.
1: to those plants. Just in this moment, just before we hand over, I had a picture before, um, actually it was more of a vision. um, Before Grant spoke, I didn't know Grant was gonna speak, but um, I saw a staircase come down. So of course I walked up it, because it looked good. And I arrived in what I would understand as a terminal. And it reminded me a bit of Men in Black, because when they arrive in that, the place where all the aliens are because I was met by a rather big creature and then I worked out that this creature was, it was a walking bumblebee <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I, I can go with that, that's fine with me so we walked with the bumblebee and uh, he was walking me somewhere and it was like um, a terminal of an airport and um, it was interesting because I didn't know you were going to speak but I I saw you and I just saw you at the airport, Gron and I just nodded to acknowledge you and that was the end of the vision and as you were speaking I felt that that gold liquid could be uh, described as honey that could be like the honey you find in the milk and honey the land of the milk and honey and uh, it's just to confirm really that um, we're at that terminal. It's important to receive that gold liquid love honey. That's hence the bumblebee. And uh, I like the idea, the fact that that means now we'll be ready to fly. Amen. Thank you.
0: If you leave this message with one thing, it's this. Hunger. Hunger for what we need to get the job done. Hunger for the love. Hunger for the wisdom and the insight from Holy Spirit so we can contend because God's plan is to raise up His remnant to get the rest. And it's, it's coming. It's just a question of time. I saw that when I was in Russia and I saw thousands of family, Jewish men and women, calling and connecting with their Messiah. It's just a question of time for all Israel to be saved. It's just a question of time for the end time harvest to come in, but there's a plan. And approaching it like Nehemiah makes a whole lot of sense.